and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King, and I'm your host from the city of Chicago. Joining us here is Jed Brewer. Indeed. With us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, is Lee Younger. I refuse. Oh, you refuse? I mean, not this. I, I'll, I'll do this. Oh, good. Oh, okay. Well, good. He's under duress, but he's agreed to go on. Uh, Lee Younger. So, uh, yes, uh, we are here with you the week after Thanksgiving, and like all of the the working world, we're taking it easy. Yeah. So for us that week, this week, that means we have another oops, all emergencies format. We're going to pull some, some wild and wacky stories from the, the Christian culture that we have not had a chance to get to yet and just, uh, you know, kick them around. We'll be back with the normal format next week. If you have a question for us, you still scroll down your subscription, find those there and, uh, please do ask that. And, but in the meantime, uh, we've got a lot to get into, uh, and we start with, I, th- I feel like we could do just 52 shows a year on finding weird Christian men's conferences and doing deep dives into the the various characters and uh, insane things going on. So we have found one of those for you to start later this week. Uh, this is from a church in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's having a, they had a, uh, two events, a men's event and a women's event, uh, with special guest. This is not a name I'm making up. Basil Baz <laughs> is this gentleman's name. He uh, he is described as co-star on The Blacklist, a CBS drama series, in which we did look up, and he did uh, ha- does have credited on 26 episodes of that. And the other is rescuer of trafficked children since 1993. Hmm. And he will be overseeing the uh, the men's event on Saturday, which is titled "I Refuse to Be Castrated." I refuse. Wow. <laughs> now is, is that is that something people are regularly offering? <laughs> Not to me. Okay. And if they are regularly offering you that service, maybe you should look inward. Because <laughs> you appear to be the outlier. <laughs> I mean, I. Once again, if we sat around a table and tried to think of the weirdest, most bonkers thing that a Christian men's conference could come up with as a title for a conference, we would never in a million years come up with a a title more weird and bonkers than this title. Yeah. 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 For the low, low price of $20, uh, you get a ticket, which includes lunch, a T-shirt, and a raffle. I presume the T-shirt says, I refuse to be castrated on it, so... I really hope so. Good luck to you on that. Um, <laughs> the raffle in question, because some people just cannot escape the stereotypes, is, uh, best we can tell, a gun of some kind, of some, a what appears to be pump-action shotgun, maybe, of a lack of description, but it's got a lovely wood stock. Mm. So you can get that at I Refuse to Be Castrated, the men's event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My favorite part of which is, so they, they have it in, like, on the, we're looking at a, a Instagram promotional graphic here, and they've got I Refuse to Be Castrated, exclamation part, exclamation mark, as if it were the name of a musical, uh, <laughs> in quotation marks, and then they have a scripture reference for it, uh, Deuteronomy 23.1. Which 
I think, okay, maybe I, I haven't read the whole Old Testament in a while. Maybe there's a moment where somebody hollers out in battle something. Um, but no, Deuteronomy 21, no one who has been emasculated by crushing or cutting may enter the assembly of the Lord. You've been, pl- and uh, not only do they go with that, they, they claim it's from the amplified version, which I looked up and I'll, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it does not say at any point, I refuse to be castrated, exclamation mark. I love the idea of like a um like there's a men's group at a particular, you know, church of some ilk that decides we're all going to the I refuse to be castrated conference. Yeah. And then after the conference is over, they all wear their t-shirts. Yeah. And like like even Wayne gets talked into it. He doesn't want to do it, but they're like, "Come on, Wayne, you coward, put on your I refuse to be castrated t-shirt." And then they all take a group photo. And then they try to get like the photo up on the slideshow and the next worship service of the, hey, check out what our men's group did last weekend. And just 12 dudes with the I refuse to be castrated t-shirt on. <laughs> the scenario I'm picturing playing out is the guy who they, you know, they've been going to this church for a year and he goes during the service, but he's not really that plugged in. He's not sure he's into the vibe and his wife finally got him to like, look, go in the nine o'clock hour. And I go to a Sunday school group, but they, they have a men's group. You don't have to go with me. I'll go to the ladies group. And you like, they, they're John's in there. You like John, you guys can talk about the game. And he's like, fine. Okay, fine. I'll go. And that's the week they mention. And of course, uh, next month we're going to be going to the hour. fees be castrated conference. So <laughs> get your $20 in now. Just normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's going great. Uh It's totally great. Is there a chance like, and I want to be clear before I share the following, there's a lot of cool social clubs in the world. Like you're part of the, the Elks Lodge or the Moose Lodge. I don't, I don't really know why they're, you know, those are the names, but you know, like you go and you play bingo and that's cool. You know, you got the stone cutters and Simpsons lore. Sure. If the, if there's a local social club called the Geldings that really wants you to join, like they they might bring this mm. up. Ask questions. So that could be that you, know, you, you want to ask a lot of questions the way in. But if you're not doing that, I don't think this question is likely to come up very much in your life, man. Yeah. the The other question this begs is, what's the definition these people are using of castrated? And it almost yeah. certainly involves um, there being women in superhero movies. And the person at Starbucks asking you if you want regular milk or oat milk. <laughs> yeah. And you just have yeah. to say like, oh, regular milk, please. And they go, okay. The fact that yeah. they, they turn on the, they turn on the Kansas city chiefs football game and they have to see, you know, Taylor Swift up there in the booth. <laughs> and they're like, man, I wanted to watch the game. I didn't want to be castrated. <laughs> That's right. Pop stars <laughs> existing. During the eighty percent of a football game that is downtime, that is, that's you. Yeah, I got to refuse it. This far and no further. Uh, you, you really, you got me with the fact that you know it ends with an exclamation point, like it's a musical. And I just want to share that I've, in the last couple of minutes, I've written the theme to "I Refuse to Be Castrated." Well, um, I, I don't think I can actually share this on the podcast because there's just. I gotta, I, you know, you gotta have a few lines to really get it to go, but 
But it's pretty great, man. Like, I think we could, I think we could make an "I Refuse to Be Castrated" the musical. I think we could do that. Like, it, I think that's a possibility. It'll pass workshop. Like, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're gonna get some producers interested. Yeah, yeah, that would be a very interesting conundrum for the to find the audience for that because, be like, <laughs> I refuse to be castrated. Like, all right, the musical. Uh. <laughs> you might lose people coming and going on that one but there'd be like f- two guys that that really hit for and those would be interesting yeah. gentlemen to talk to for like 10 minutes <laughs> you'd want to leave after that you're like okay so you refuse to be castrated and you want to hear from basil baz but also you're way into musicals yeah yeah eric why don't you come I- over and let- let's chat for a little while Just, I-, I have questions <laughs> I want to hear from Basil Bass, but I want him to be wearing a straw hat as he speaks to me. You know, that's you know, really doing the full, the full, the razzle dazzle Bass. Yeah, this is say, what I'm saying. If ever wow. there was someone who should be communicating their wisdom via a tenor solo, it's someone named Basil Bass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we transition from that. How could you? But we'll we'll do our best. Uh, so our next story comes to us from uh, Reddit. So in case you were worried, things were going to get more sane. We go from Instagram to Reddit here. <laughs> um, and a, there's a group apparently called the Surveyor People who uh, do the surveys and didn't do data visualizations off that. And they uh, interviewed thousands of people and asked them, describe your religion in one word. Mm. So that's that's nice. Um, so the, And they did a... So uh, they atheists counted. So the number one answer for atheists, uh, 31% rational. Sure. Um, uh, Hinduism, as might be suggested from uh, the, the multi-fasted nature of that faith, had uh, the, the most answers garnering full percentage points. But the number one uh, was a tie between Dharma the eternal law of righteousness and duty and moksha liberation from cycles of birth and death. So you know, key to that, uh, Buddhism, 71% Buddha kind of, you know, in the yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, Islam, 61% Allah again, makes sure. sense. Christianity. Now based on those, you'd think, Oh, well, if it was, if it was, you know, Buddhism was Buddha and Islam was Allah. Maybe Jesus would be the number one answer. Uh, Jesus comes in uh, tied for second with 16% of responses saying, some of Christianity, Jesus. Uh, 16%, the the tie there went to salvation. Ah. Uh, Coming in before that, uh, below that, God at 8%. Ah. Uh, Bible with 4%. And Trinity with 2%. Okay. Here's the thing I know. I don't want to hang out with the 4% of Bible people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I want to hang out with the 2% of Trinity people, but I am fascinated. Because <laughs> it's really outside of, you know, Unitarians doing their thing here and there. And, you know, nice. the Trinity has not really been a controversial defining topic for what, 1800 years or so. Like for that to be the one yeah. thing you throw out is a little, a little hardcore. Yeah. Uh, so then we get to the overall winner with 52% of Christ- Christians they asked to define your, uh, your religion in one word. Truth. Mm. Uh-huh. 
feels like there's a couple of other ones they missed in there. Like there's one, like if you don't have it, you're a clanging symbol or it's kind of the main thing you, you know, you're supposed to something the Lord, your God with all your might and something your fellow. Matt, 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 (laughs) the Bible is clear. For God so truthed the world <laughs> that he gave his one and only son, that whoever trinitied in him should not perish, but have everlasting Bible. <laughs> you know what? I, I think we can draw a, a sharp dividing line between Christians. I, w- I would be happy to spend social time with the ones I wouldn't be. The phrase everlasting Bible, does that fill you with <laughs> dread? Or do you get really excited about that? <laughs> to study and digest forever. And that would be the main (laughs) thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot, man. It's, it's just one of those deals when you realize when somebody asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment in, in some ways, very, very similar to this question, sum up this whole deal for us right now. And the very first word out of his mouth was love. He wasn't asked to give one word. But that's the very first word that came out of his mouth. Love the Lord your God with all your you know, heart, strength, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And by, I'm not a mathematician, but by my calculation, based on the number of respondents and the number of people who actually said love in the survey that called themselves Christians, it's something like .0001 or something like that said, or .001, like got anywhere near the thing that Jesus Christ said when asked a very similar question. Yeah, we we did a little digging and the the total number of Christians surveyed it was 26,249, which is a lot of people. The total number of people who gave love as their answer under Christianity 43 43 people out of 26,249. Wow. Yeah. It's going great. Go great, man. It's awesome. You know, you, you know how it's going so awesome. I refuse to be castrated. That's how <laughs> awesome it's going. I imagine somebody had to spoil their ballot because <laughs> they couldn't get it down to less than those four words. <laughs> Yeah, refuse to be ca- refuse castrated. Mm. Uh, I'm just gonna put Bible. <laughs> the way I define my faith: uncastration. One word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on, on the lighter side of uh, hor- horrifying things, um, to a thing that's. Uh, you assumed was this way, but is even goofier than you might think. Um, I read from a headline of ABC 13 news, WSET petition going around about dancing at Liberty university. A petition is circulating around Lynchburg community regarding an alleged change to dancing rules at Liberty university. The petition called allow dancing at LU claims Liberty board of trustees put an absolute stop to dancing. Quote, this year, the Liberty University Board of Trustees has decided to put an absolute stop to dancing and instructed Res Life to enforce a strict no dancing policy. This action prevents halls from putting on hall formals 
and instructs all RAs to put a stop to dancing when they see it. <laughs> Real life footloose happening on the campus of the flagship Evangelical University <clears throat> in America, apparently. Unbelievable. You I mean, know, one of the. Gord Headley. I was just saying, it's just so on the nose that this place is literally in a town called Lynchburg, Virginia. Yeah, yeah that's unbelievable. It's just so ham fisted. It's like, is somebody making this up? Yeah. Yeah. Like, here's the thing, and and I'm you know, I'm not claiming anybody else has to agree with me. It's just you know my perspective on things is when you've messed things up to a certain level, you should own that. Like, you don't really get to offer you know kind of high minded commentary on those subjects anymore. Like, I've set kitchen fires by doing dumb things in the kitchen. So I don't, I don't get to lord over other people, you know, stuff about kitchen safety. I might be like, hey, given all the things I've done wrong, I might suggest X and Y and Z, but I don't, I don't get to be like, you know, the big papa who does everything right because everybody knows I've almost burned the building down. So to that point, if the people that used to run this school were very publicly revealed to be engaging in a swinging lifestyle, hmm. maybe you guys don't really comment on kids dancing anymore maybe maybe you've lost that right and you should let that go because otherwise the weight of the irony would create a black hole in the center of the earth nobody puts Falwell in a corner jed <laughs> <laughs> yes in a, in a very confusing response the spokesperson for Liberty university said quote there are no new rules or changes regarding dancing at, regarding dance at Liberty. There are still university-sanctioned competitive dance teams and clubs this year, and the same prohibitions and restrictions regarding participation in unsanctioned dances are still in effect. To, which, to Jed's point about kind of picking the worst of all worlds here, you could have just gone full weird evangelical and been like, that's right, dancing leads to sin. You know, if you're from a certain type of part of the world, the, the, all three of us are from, You've been to someone's wedding at a Baptist church where it was very clear there will be no dancing because we don't do that here. And that's crazy, but at least they own it, which on some level you have to respect to do the mealy mouth. Like, well, there are policies and the, we do have competitive dance teams, which I don't know what that means, but also we're not denying that we uh, instructed all RAs to quote, put a stop to dancing when they see it. Which I like the idea of like your job as a Liberty University RA involving if you see someone like with their AirPods in just kind of like bopping along between classes, you tackle them to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse. That's right. I refuse the rhythm. Is there a chance that dancing could lead to castration? Is that part of what's going on here? (laughs) Is that if you're really clumsy? That's why it's important to start off with the basics. Okay, like, in film theory, right, like, most movies, you've got to have your all is lost moment. And I'm just thinking of a dance movie where, like, dude, you know, he's an up-and-coming dancer, and he goes for it, and he he goes for the killer triple sow-cow move, and it goes badly wrong. Boom. Accidental castration. But I refused. If only he had refused, Lee. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. So uh, 
let us let us stay within the the frame of somewhat moving from dancing to singing. This yeah. is a, a headline from CBSNews.com. A gospel singer Bobby Storm nearly kicked off Delta flight for refusing to stop singing. Man, we are showing so much restraint in this episode. I hope our audience <laughs> members appreciate that because it is it is significant. Have we ever needed the Patreon episode more than tonight? No, th- this is the case for the Patreon episode. Yeah. I, I don't think the world is ready, and I don't think we're ready. Um, we're dancing so close to the line, and some of the entertainment comes that way. Uh, meanwhile, uh, that's right, if you weren't aware, there's apparently a person involved in the uh, gospel group Maverick City Music who is named Bobby Storm. With an okay. I, Bobby with an I, uh, this person sounds like an X-Man to me. Um, <laughs> I th- assume there's some like alternate universe version where Storm and Iceman become the, or, or like have the same set of powers. Then that's Bobby well Storm. Done. That's, yep. that's good. Well, I pulled that one pretty deep. Uh, Grammy nominated gospel singer Bobby Storm was nearly kicked off a Delta Airlines flight when she refused to stop singing for fellow passengers. A clip posted on her Instagram on Saturday shows Storm standing in the plane's center aisle and singing when she is approached by a Delta crew member who instructs her to sit down and, quote, be quiet. <laughs> yeah, um, and there's, there's other stories of going around videos of people, like, doing, I think we talked about it, like, somehow busting out the acoustic guitar and doing a, a worship set on a plane and... There's been some recent kind of people need to hear the news and preaching a thing. Um, don't do that for so many reasons. One, that's just not nice. You got a captive audience. And two, um, air tra- modern American air travel is not the time to be freaking people out by talking about the afterlife. Yeah. This yeah. is bad strategically. Um, but this is fantastic. Once in her seat, Storm tells her fellow passengers that she has sung on other flights and, moreover, been nominated for two Grammys. Ah. Uh-huh. So you're singing in a way that is annoying people so much so that the flight crew tells you to go sit down and your response is, well, I have two Grammys. Pardon me, two Grammy nominations. Ah. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing like this, and in fact, the exact opposite, nothing like this has ever happened to me. If I'm on a plane, no one's ever had to tell me to stop talking. I will basically never speak on a plane. Basically, <laughs> once I enter the airport, there is no more speaking until I've landed in the destination country or the destination city and I find someone that I do want to speak to. I don't want to speak to any of you. No offense. I just don't want to do it. Yes, the, yeah. the airplane is one of life's a chief no talking zones it must be said um so here's what i i love so we get around that grammy knowledge and whatnot uh the instagram shows a storm attempting to perform her single <laughs> not even go with him or something just captive uh busting out the single for people before the crew member asks her can be quiet storm responds by saying i'm doing what the lord is telling me to do but the crew member who says he's a flight leader tells her that she won't be able to stay on the flight if she doesn't follow his instructions Storm appears to concede that I'm just following with the Lord's calling uh, did not make it even a second with in the face of the no fly list. Yeah. Which I think is the right call, but is, is instructive. Yeah. 
Yeah. When the crew member walks away, she tells fellow passengers she'll quote, sing it on, on the low and proceeds to sing the song anyway. Oh, please. I love the immediate transition from, Hey, the, the almighty God of the universe has called me to share this. And who am I? This humble servant. Uh, you're going to get in trouble. I'll just, I'll just do it in secret then. <laughs> and put it on Instagram. I'm being persecuted, Matt. <laughs> yes, you are. And you should be. Anyone who sings on the plane should be persecuted. <laughs> the only people who should be judgment-free allowed to make noise on an airplane are uh, infants because yeah. they did not ask for this. Uh, they're, they're, they feel like their brain's exploding. That's cool. Everybody should be nice to parents of infants on the airplane. Um, everybody's doing their best. If you're a grown person, please be quiet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now envisioning this is my new happy place <laughs> is somebody gets on an airplane like I just I just have a song I have to sing and proceeds for the next three minutes to do acapella death metal vocals. <laughs> and I mean, really delivering them passionately, giving it their all. But it's just Cookie Monster straight up until the flight attendant is like, sir, we are going to have to ask you to stop. Sir, you were about to set the record for number of TSA agents who are going to meet you at a gate when we pull when we pull in. Can we combine all of these emergencies? Can it be Baz Baselman or whatever his name is? Like, Basil Baz. Basil it's even Baz. less of a name than the thing you said. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Basil Baz performing I Refuse to Be Castrated, the musical on the an musical. airplane. On an airplane. Yes, and while like while also trying to prohibit people from dancing, oh, like like a total flip around. Like he's not going to let anybody dance, but he also will not stop performing the opening number to "I Refuse to Be Castrated" the musical. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I think that's that's the kind of guerrilla marketing that the musical theater world needs at this point. And for those of you who haven't Googled him yet because you're driving or whatever you're doing while listening to the podcast, he, he looks like um he, he looks like like a a guy that retired from the WWE like fifteen years ago. That's totally true. But yeah. he still dresses exactly the same and all that kind of stuff, even though he's not part of that industry any longer. And um and I just that's that's the scene that I have to see now is this guy. Just just going for it with a huge belting vocals of the opening number to I Refuse to Be Castrated the Musical. Yeah. He he looks like, and stay with me here, he looks like if you face combine like use one of those softwares that combines people's faces of Kenny Rogers and Steven Seagal. <laughs> yes. Like 90s Seagal, not current Seagal, because current yeah, Seagal, yeah. 90s Seagal and 90s Kenny Rogers, let's be clear, because neither of them look like yeah. themselves anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like the the long gray mane and the kind of trying to look yeah there's a lot going on is probably the way i would describe that so that brings us as uh, we stay in the world of music for the final stretch here because this one's a doozy uh we we i found someone on twitter had taken screenshots of a an anti-rock and roll a bit of literature Finally, someone's standing up against the evils of rock and roll. That's right. Uh, titled, Look at the Facts. What is rock and roll? 
uh, this was put together. We have the cover. Um, it just says, all in all caps, jail ministry. So that's nice and descriptive. Brother Tim Ramey, Route 3, Kingston, Tennessee, 37763. That's, that's uh, eerily close to where I'm personally sitting right now. Yes, this is presumably from the uh, from the, the look of it, I would say the 70s, um, maybe early 80s. And so a, a lot of times we've looked at some some stuff, some homeschool materials, nerve jamming and whatnot over the years on the show. Um, but a lot of the anti rock and roll stuff, anti pop culture stuff is it's a little vague. It's a little, oh, it's all out there. What uh, what uh, brother Tim Ramey has done here is literally just called musicians out by name and t- written a little paragraph about what's satanic about them. And, uh, you know, some of it's about what you'd expect, uh, you know, Oh, he doesn't like sticks. That's funny. Sticks. Their name comes from mythological river that is supposed to flow through hell. The river sticks. One of their albums is entitled the serpent is rising. Hmm. Which that's what I love about a lot of these. Um, you know, a lot of the idea of the big panics around uh, music and particularly rock and roll is like, oh, they're hiding it. It's backmasking the the thing. If you play the record backwards, it says something. Or if you look at all the small details of the the uh, on the album cover, it spells out you know this masonic message. But some of them are just like this band is named after a thing that they're very obviously named after evil. <laughs> Here's one you wouldn't expect Donna summer. Yeah. Yeah. Not really going out of that. She's in regular touch with her astrologer and arranges her traveling around the configuration of the heavens. I am fascinated as to how brother Tim from Kingston, Tennessee in the seventies gained that knowledge. How indeed. Van Halen, this is just the opening of this one. This is another very vulgar group. And here's what I'll say, Brother Tim Ramey of Kingston, Tennessee. Correct. You nailed that one. An interviewer for Rolling Stone magazine traveled with the group for several days and later commented, I've seen enough nude women and heard enough abusive language and morning after anecdote to fuel an article about porn rock. One album includes the song on fire and running with the devil. I mean, some of these, you just can't even read the stuff. It's yeah. Like, I'm and, skipping and over to your a point, lot of these. Yeah. To your point, it was put together in the seventies, but like, wow, dude. Like, and the thing I imagine, cause in the seventies of reporting out, he had to do, he must have gone and gotten a paper copy of Rolling Stone and read the Van Halen interview and then put that into his anti rock and roll track. I'm just saying, I think you had to work harder to be crazy back in the day. Yeah. Cause you could do this with some, some Googling on this. Tina Turner, Rolling Stone states, uh, her album, Tiny Dance. Private Dancer includes a song called What's Love Got to Do With It? I don't understand why that's what that has to do with Satan. Yeah, you wouldn't, Matt. That's true. Her dress is vulgar. Right. I, I assume he means her manner of dress, but I like the idea that he just really 
has some issues with some very particular fashion <laughs> yeah. idea she made. Now here is where we come across something interesting. All right. And that is a moment where I have a feeling that our own Jed Brewer, who's normally pro rock and roll, is going to agree with okay. the jail ministry brother Tim Raimi. And that is, in the entry, Meatloaf. <laughs> I haven't gotten to Meatloaf yet. I'm looking for it. It's at the very oh, top. Okay. okay, okay. Let's see here. I missed that one. Their album, Bad Out of Hell, I think he thinks Meatloaf is a band and not a guy. Uh, or he's being very, very careful about gender representation and just going with a, a nice they-them pronoun, which is very progressive, and we appreciate that. Uh, takes the features a picture of a demon biker on the cover and speaks of a mutant biker riding out of the pits of hell. I don't know if that's true. I've never listened about it a hell, but that sounds a lot cool, cooler than what I <laughs> suspected it was. <laughs> mutant biker yeah. riding out of the pits of hell is a comic book I would read. Right. So maybe I'm more susceptible to the diabolical influences than I like to think. Look, if we need a Ghost Rider musical, first of all, I'm in favor of this. Sure. Second of all, does it have to contain some music for Meatloaf? No, it doesn't. It's music for Meatloaf is bad, and you shouldn't listen to it. It's not bad because it's satanic. It's bad because it's bad music. I don't know if I've been clear on that subject. <laughs> well, composer Jim Steinman says, I've always been fascinated by the supernatural and always felt rock the perfect idiom for it. He also said, when I go on stage, I get possessed. <laughs> I'm not sure this dude knows that this isn't that like possessed. When people talk about getting possessed on stage, that's just kind of like a, just a turn of phrase. Yeah. Do, do you think that whatever his name is, brother so-and-so, do you think he's aware that when people talk about like their car getting repossessed, they don't mean that it originally belonged to a demon and then it, the demon now is driving it again. Like that's, that's, that's not what that word means. Apparently, Jed's never seen Knight Rider. <laughs> Wait, was Knight Rider possessed? Look, talking car, it was, you know, uh, it was the, the driver was wearing leather. Uh, there was a lot of poofy hair. I just think you guys don't understand how evil this car was. But he was so polite and British. Here's what I'm saying. I would love a reboot of the Knight Rider franchise where Kit is a demon. <laughs> like, I, I would watch this show. I'm not going to lie. That is better. Yeah. <laughs> Fairly substantially, actually. Like, we're, where are we going? We go where I say we go. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then the... And then the there it is. There it is. So yeah, when I go on stage, that's still the thing that that is getting me about this. Apparently, the the idea behind this is to people in jail. I don't know why the jail ministry is part of it. Is like to expose, like you don't understand the seedy underbelly of rock and what's going on. And I have to show you the clues. Here's a quote from him: "I am possessed." Yeah. <laughs> Way to go there, detective. But uh, let's see. Motley Crue. I don't think there's anything in this description I can read on the podcast, but yeah. um, I feel like if you know who they are, then yeah, you, you could probably, probably put it together. Yeah, it's right out there. Um, ooh, this is a this is a blast in the past. Rat with two T's. <laughs> they began in a one bedroom apartment. Period. 
it goes on to say that they described it as, Oh, they had a bunch of, they had a lot of uh, casual sex there, which whatever. But I just like the idea that that is in and of itself uh, satanic. Right. That they started playing in a one room apartment. <laughs> and here's the thing I would say, if you're there, if you were their neighbor, you probably do agree with that. Get a garage, well, you freaks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exclaimed Rob Robkins. I guess that's uh, Robbins. I guess is the name. The King Rat. I assume this is a band member, but I like that that's the way he described himself. What, what at, when asked what life on the road was like, he answered Sodom and Gomorrah. <coughs> Again, right I think they may, they may, as you may be friend here, as I say in the Russian world, working yourself into a shoot. <laughs> you may be buying a little too much into the idea of the rock guys. Cause I just don't think rat was causing that much commotion. Even yeah. in their heyday. Safe bet. Maybe they just mean they were they had a big old pack pile of salt somewhere. <laughs> uh here's a fun one. Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> She's the worst. <laughs> in one song she sings, I'm on the other side of town, all strung out on heroin. Again, not not satanic, and not, not you're not de- you're not decoding anything here, friend. Yeah, yeah, she's she's been pretty clear. Like we we might look at the lyrics. I I'm guessing that might not have been like a pro heroin song. Like I yeah. don't, yeah, I don't know. We could look it up, but that that might be like just talking about a struggle that she had. So that yeah. also yeah. not inherently autobiographical. Just because you say I in a song doesn't mean you really did it. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think Linda's next line in the verse was, "and it really ruled." <laughs> I'm on the other side of town, all strung out on heroin. It's amazing, and you should try it, Christian children. <laughs> uh, Queen, you'll be shocked to know he's not a huge fan of Queen. Who could have foreseen this? Their yeah. name is a drag term meaning homosexuality. I don't think I, that sentence. I know all the constituent words. I don't think it works as a sentence. <laughs> Freddie Mercury, the band leaders, states, "We want to shock and be outrageous." You're giving him I, what I, he wants, brother. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know if you know, but like the desire to shock and be outrageous is true of almost all artists and almost all mediums through basically all of time in human history. So that's, that's not like a unique thing to Freddie Mercury. The dude had a heck of a, of a good voice and was a songwriter par excellence, but like there's a lot of people trying to, you know, shock with their artwork. Freddie Mercury wears his own special brand of purple fingernail polish and on stage often strips to hot pants, two separate (laughs) words. When you say often, how how many shows did you have to go to to confirm this for yourself? <laughs> and also, yeah. I like the again. There's the an over specificity that leads to a vagary in some ways. Freddie Mercury wears his own special brand of purple fingernail polish. Which part of this do you have a problem with? The color purple. I w- was it the purple? Is it that it's his own special brand and you find that gauche? <laughs> <laughs> He's not in it for lo- the music at all. <laughs> I love it. It's like Revlon is fine. 
No one needs anything better than Revlon. And if you think you do, you're a tool of Satan. <laughs> I love the idea of uh, Brother Tim Ramey kind of, you know, driving down Highway 3 or whatever it was listed in Kingston. And um, he kind of like pulls up at a, at a, at a stoplight. He's got his windows down. And somebody else pulls up beside him. And they just kind of happen to notice that he's singing Bicycle by Queen. And he knows every <laughs> single word of it. And they're like, wait a minute. But you're Brother Tim Rainey. And he's like, oh. And then he just peels out and just, get, just bugs out of there because he's been totally busted as, yeah. as a connoisseur of all of this music. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Again, at the time, I mean, maybe the radio was more prominent, but he seems to know a fair amount about all these bands he hates. Yeah, he couldn't Google it. I'll tell you that. It does make me wonder to kind of link this in the previous item. I wonder what music the competitive team dance team at Liberty University dances to. Like, I'm actually kind of fascinated to know that now. Mm. I'm fascinated by who they're competing against. <laughs> is there some kind of a christian university a step up street dancing competition that we aren't, aren't, aren't aware of dude if this is a break dancing team and they are you know busting a move to like 80s era you know you gotta play it in a boom box for the right sound kind of thing that would make me so happy i'm it's, not even lying it's carmen <laughs> <laughs> Grandmaster Flash is still way too, way yeah. too out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's an Oral Roberts team and they, but they, they don't use music because, well, there's reasons. <laughs> All the eighties hip hop artists at their disposal have something in common. They can't <laughs> dance to the beastie boys. So that was really their only option. I like, I like the idea that there's a whole like conference of Christian colleges, those competitive dance but only to the first DC talk record. That is the only music that is acceptable. Wow. It's yeah. It's all the, uh, the core, the choreographed to the, to the CCM or DC talk song from day seven of some kind of church camp. Yeah. Very, very literal acting out of lyrics. Yeah. So many dances to Jesus freak. (laughs) <laughs> this is i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this by saying this is a slightly offensive wording but i've been giggling about it the entire time we were looking at this um the village people okay jacques morali the manager of this group of five gays and one straight said that he formed the group as a protest against anita bryant and then it kind of cuts off from there i just love the phrase a group of five gays and one straight I wish that every time the village people were referenced, they were described thusly. Because it's yeah. one of those things. If you say it with a positive tone, it sounds delightful. I yeah. would like five oranges and one apple, please. Like, yeah. this is the yeah. way this guy's talking about human beings. Also, a very fun guessing game, if you had the picture of these six members of the village people in front of you. <laughs> yes. How did he know? I think, look, the, the, I think the key takeaway from today is the Christians are doing great. It seems to be going it's, really, really well. And really, it has been for quite some time. It's really seeming like everything's Super fine. normal with the dancing yeah. and the singing and the basil baths. Yeah. And truth. 
the the being shamelessly bigoted against anything I don't like. Yeah, that's the thing. And as we close out with uh, Brother Tim Raimi here, you can just say, I don't know, it's not really for me. The truth about rock and roll. I prefer jazz. That's the truth about rock and roll. And we close out. I will. There you go with that castration talk, right. Matt. I'd like to close out with his description of <laughs> a band you may have heard of named The Beatles, which are like, uh-huh. I imagine I wasn't around, but even if, assuming this is from the late 70s, to try to pull The Beatles or Satan pretty much any time after 1968, like, that's kind of a stretch yeah you're really going for it but here let's see what he has to say i love that he opens with a compliment they were the most influential group in the history of rock music this group has helped bring about more changes in the rock culture than any other band so far all of these start off like a sixth grade essay (laughs) this is a person who's trying to get that uh that did you read enough books pizza hut credit from 1987 And look, no, um, no shame in the game on that part because we've all been there, and those pizzas were delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, look, y'all. We've made almost six hundred episodes of this podcast, and we mostly did it because we thought we could cash some of them in for pre-personal pan pizzas at Pizza Hut. Uh, that did not work out, but that was the main motivation in doing all of this. <laughs> it turns out you can just buy pizza. That would have been a lot easier. <laughs> we didn't think of that. Dang, now I want one. And on that note. Here we are. Here we are. On that note, we're going to declare a series of emergencies off-ish. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Do you refuse to declare the emergencies to be off? Be careful, Matt. Jed's going to try to trap you into a situation. (laughs) You know, Jed, given what we talked about on this show and uh, this episode and the refuse and the word off, I have only a series of things I do not want to say into a microphone, into any recorded medium. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and unilaterally declare emergency off and not refuse to do so. And I will also use this time to remind (laughs) our wonderful listeners who sat all the way through this. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you had a laugh. Uh, If you have a question for us next week, say that podcast, gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com slash ask. Take out the song this week. Being that we are post Thanksgiving, we're officially in the Christmas season. And that means Christmas song outros. We start off very strong with the Pulaski Gurus take on Angels We Have Heard on High. Take out that. Thanks for listening to this. Remember, we love you. God bless you. There's nothing you can do that.
this day, oh Come to Bethlehem and see Christ whose birth the angels sang Come adore on bended knee Christ the Lord, the newborn King Let's 